atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that ever should be used to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for July the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is our two of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great, peaceful, restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. And as you know, ladies and gentlemen, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. All right, riding shotgun today, our buddy Dr. Scott Bradley. To preserve the nation is his goal. Freedomsrisingsun.com is his website. Check out his incredible books and collegiate series on liberty, as well as his weekly webinars, Q&As, and more on the supreme law of our land, uh, understanding and interpreting and the intent of the founding fathers. Just brilliant stuff. Freedomsrisingsun.com. Hi, Scott. Oh, well, howdy. How are you doing today, anyway? And Kurt's not with us, huh? Nah, Kurt's on a family vacation. He'll be back tomorrow, though. Well, okay. Should we delay this until tomorrow so we've got all our brains with us? Oh, no, sir. We're going to be the brain trust <laughs> together, you and me, and Kurt will just have to listen. Maybe, you know, that way he can uh, get caught up to speed, you know? Okay. All right. I'm good with that. All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to discuss today. And, um... You know, what's interesting to me is you think you have friends in the patriot movement, and, and, and sometimes they just do things that you go, man, what on earth is going on around here? I thought we were so aligned on something or so, you know, I thought they were just a wonderful person working together, and oftentimes they just fall off the rails on certain topics. And it becomes so disappointing where you get disenchanted and you just think, oh, man, they're an enemy of liberty. And, you know, it's easy to start to throw the baby out with the bathwater a little bit and just go, man, I can't even work with those guys, you know? I mean, just imagine, I mean, this is a fundamental flaw, and it is. But at the same time, the question is, how do we navigate these difficult waters? I, I literally had somebody on the radio the other day say, I'm glad you guys celebrated the 4th of July, Scott. Appreciate that. You guys have a good time with all your pomp and hot dogs and, and war machines. And, and I was on the side of the British, and I still am. Oh, uh, how do you even respond to that kind of stuff, right? Well, you know, honestly, <laughs> the Fourth of July is is miscelebrated as it is. Of course, it is because it's about the Declaration of Independence. It's about uh, realizing that we, the people, are the ultimate sovereigns. We have delegated authority to given uh, colonies and or states, uh, and we've uh, later gave a little bit of authority to the federal government. But it's all by the consent of the governed. It's all about understanding pretty much the last paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, uh, which articulates what we created and who created it, right? Well, indeed, but even from the very beginning, when um, when John Adams wrote to his wife, and, and again, the, his letter was the second of July. That's when they'd kind of take a, decided to take the step. But they the fourth is celebrated because that's when they finally approved, um, uh, you know, the wording of the declaration. So that's why we got that. But he wrote to his wife and and said, you know, speaking of Independence Day, it'll be celebrated by succeeding generations. As the great anniversary festival, it ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to Almighty God. Now he went on to say that uh, 
solemnized with pomp and parade and so on like that, but a day of deliverance, acts of devotion to God. And so much of what I saw on the, the 4th of July was was true, and, and leading up to it and right after it and everything, it was, uh, you know, rock concerts with uh, fireworks or beer busts with fireworks or whatever. This idea of a day of deliverance, solemn acts of devotion to Almighty God was completely set aside, and um, and I think because of that, we've kind of lost our bearings with the country. But maybe this isn't the direct. Well, it, it's 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 a little bit on topic because we believe on the Fourth of July we birthed a nation, one nation under God. And, you know, I understand the, the wrapping up of history into a little package like that and putting a bow on it, but it betrays the fundamental <clears throat> um, deliverance focus. It also escapes the reality of what we really created. We created 13 or now 50 sovereign states, sovereign nations. Yes, certain authority has been delegated to the United, but that's very, very limited in scope. It's defined by the Constitution. Uh, it's even double codified by the um, Declaration of Independence of the Bill of Rights that, you know what, the federal government has very limited and defined responsibilities, and yes, it has the right to exist, justly so, by the consent of the governed, but we can't just look at it as, oh, our nation was burst on, birthed on the 4th because we missed the fundamental understanding that makes up our 50 republics. Well, and, and here's kind of an issue that uh, a lot of people kind of don't understand that the Declaration of Independence truly outlined the the, the, the truths of proper government. They made a promise of proper government, and the Constitution delivered that. But the idea of uh, created and, and uh, granted uh, God-given rights by God the idea that the purpose of government is to secure those rights, the consent of the governed, the right of the people to alter or abolish government, all of those things are found within just very few words of the Constitution, the fact that they were calling upon God to sustain that. It was creating a sovereign nation that would be a nation among nations and, and would fall under the protocols of international nationhood, if you will, and the Westphalian Treaty of 1648 and how it applied, and no one else could interfere with your country internally, and you were equal among all other nations, and, and you could uh, create the direction of your own nation. I mean, these things are are fundamental that the, the Declaration brought forth, and a lot of people completely ignore that. And, um, uh, you know, the, the true purpose of government, I mean, that's one of the most important things that's brought out in it, I believe, was to secure God-given rights. The fact that God-given rights exist, and, and it's the purpose of all government, not just the national government, not just the state government, not just your county government, not just your municipal government. All government is there to secure God-given rights, and we've lost track of that, my friend. Uh, big time. <laughs> Uh, and it's something that we need to understand. And the reason that I think it's worth focusing on is because people believe that we need a new solution, Scott. They really think we need something different. We need a new solution. And what we really need to understand is the order in which things happened, the deliverance first, uh, and, and understanding who we are as an inheritance of God. That we, You know what? We're his children. He gave us rights. We are sovereigns under him. We need to look to him for ultimate sovereignty. Uh, our obedience to his commandments is what allows us to remain free. Okay, we need to understand that fundamental reality, and then we instituted government uh, for a wise purpose 
if that government carries out its responsibilities and what to do when it doesn't. But what we oftentimes do, uh, we, we focus on part of it, but not all of it. We take out what we like to hear. Let me give you an example. Oh, when the government's bad, we just abolish it, for crying out loud. That's the Declaration of Independence. But, hey, government's bad. Let's get rid of that sucker. And a lot of people are already there, Scott. They're crazy, but they're there. What they need to remember is it says, wait a minute, you cannot, you can, you can break the, the, the ties that bind you to a government. The people have that authority. However, it should never be done for light purposes. And one of the things that we need to really understand is that within the supreme law of our land, the Constitution, the answer to carrying out the Declaration of Independence mandate, if you will, under God, um, in that document are the solutions are the seeds for solution. In other words, pure application of those principles are what will restore the Republic, not running off the rails and abolishing it. And that's what our founders fought so hard for and worked so hard on and gave up their fortunes and their sacred honors, etc. for they understood this principle. So the reason that I bring this up right now and highlight this is because it's just after the 4th of July and we need to understand the declaration of independence and the reason that we should be celebrating It is the deliverance. There's no question. It is that we're under God and that we're sovereigns. It is that we institute governments and they have to receive our consent. They have their just delegated authority via the consent of the governed, no doubt. But I see a headline on World Net Daily that says this, Dems trash, or they go from trashing the Constitution to trashing the Declaration of Independence. Okay, and it's not only Democrats, though. There's plenty of Republicans and plenty of Article 5 folks and plenty of everything they're proposing on both sides of the aisle, with rare exception, is this idea that, you know what, what we've got doesn't work, what we've got's ruined, what we've got's wrong. We need a new plan. Needed now a new revolution day. Okay, this is Freedom Watch USA. This is Larry Clayman saying, Needed now a new revolution day. And he says he wants to rejuvenate. This is Larry Clayman. He wants to rejuvenate what was created on July 4th, 1776. Now, I get it, but I'm scared. Let me tell you what I mean. I get it if we're going to say, hey, um, we're going to realize that the Declaration of Independence gives we the people authority. And therefore, we vested our authority in the Constitution And therefore, we're going to have peer application applied uh, to the three branches of government. We're going to insist that they are responsible for their own authority and power and nothing more, nothing less. We're going to use the checks and balances vertically, horizontally uh, within the supreme law of our land. And we're going to just apply these peer principles that made America great, um, you know, balancing the states and the federal government. So vertical and horizontal checks and balances. And okay, I'm aboard. I'm all aboard. But then the question is, he starts talking about these fully informed grand juries. Now, I don't think uh, in many ways they're fully informed, or I think we're mixing words up here. Do you believe in citizens' grand juries? And so he wants to peddle these citizens' grand juries as his way to create a revolution day, as his way to rejuvenate what he believes was created on July 4, 1776. I think we've got misapplication going on. We'll talk about it with Dr. Scott Bradley in seconds on your radio. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. 
Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, so I get that we the people have authority and power, and we the people are the ultimate sovereigns. And I realize that all government receives its just powers from the consent of the governed. I get that. But we're sovereigns under God. And the question becomes, you know what, then? Can we just have a revolution day? Can we just go back to 1776 and just throw all off all government? Can we literally empower our own, quote, citizens' grand juries? Um you know, what What power do the people have when and when is it justified and when is it not? And uh, I believe we've got a, a misapplication of what's the truth on this topic. Scott? Well, it's, it's a very broad topic, and, and with a few minutes of discussion, we're not going to come to the full crux of it. However, in a few minutes, perhaps I'd like to give you some things to think about, and maybe your audience might too. Sure. You know, let's just let's take a simple example and let's kind of build on that for a minute. Uh, first of all, let me say that I do believe that um, the the approach to this will end up in anarchy. It will end up in the destruction of the government that we were given at such great cost. We will overthrow the Constitution of the United States ultimately if we follow this path. And the the problem is that uh, the people that ultimately will have the power are those that currently have the power because they have been selected by the people and they're currently those in office. But let me just back off from that for just a second. Let's take a real simple scenario, and then we'll just kind of build on it. Let's just say that you, Sam, and I decide we're fine, upstanding citizens, and we're going to be the grand jury, and we're going to decide whether or not someone ought to be indicted. Now, Yes, we are, buddy. We're the voice of reason, baby. <clears throat> okay, so we probably are, but let's just say that we decided that of our own free will and accord, you know. 
Well, first of all, there is no authority behind that because we have just self-selected. And on top of that, the, the fact of the matter is, how do we enforce whatever we do? Okay, there, we have no enforcement arm because government is force. And so somehow we would have to come to an enforcement process if we were going to do that. But let's just say we're going to go beyond that. And let's say that all your listeners, that listen to you every day or every week or whenever it is, have, uh, well, they agree with us. We are good guys. We're going to be really good um, citizens grand juries. And so they endorse us. Okay, and so now we say, well, we have credibility because others have, have foisted us into this position. Same problem exists about enforcement and everything else like that. But I would submit to you, and I think history will completely verify my position on this. There are more bad examples, or I guess I should say there are more good examples of bad examples of people being foisted into power than there are good examples of good examples. I mean, just say for a second, Robespierre and his crowd, they they accept this power and they go about it, and what comes out of it? The debauchery of the French Revolution. These guys self-selected and became the grand jury that decided what was going to happen in society, and they enforced it with the guillotine. Okay, well, let's now let's move forward a little bit. Let's go to these guys... Uh, uh, Marx and Engels and their crowd and what they've done with, oh, my heavens, uh, good gracious. I mean, these guys decided what was going to happen, and, and look at the hell on earth they've created. These guys self-selected, and by turmoil and conflict, they became the lead guys. Let's look at what happened in Hitler's Beer, Beer Hall Push back in 1923. I mean, how would you like to have Hitler and Himmler and, and Goring and Hess and all that crowd self-selecting. I mean, they had a big group there. I mean, I've looked at, there's 58 pages I saw one time of who participated. That's a lot of people that did that, but they were seeking to overthrow, to change whatever it was the government that was in power. And and I, I can get example after example. Ho Chi Minh, uh, Mao Zedong, I mean, uh, Lenin and Stalin and his group, and Trotsky, and I mean, we could go on and on and on. These people self-select put themselves forth as the, basically, the, the arbiters of proper government. And, and very rare are individuals like the Adams and the Jeffersons and the, and, uh, the Washingtons. And, and uh, that crowd of founding fathers was unique. And I, my, one of my chapters in my book is called All Revolutions Are Not Created Equal. And so, so here we have an issue where, where individuals are saying, we've got to go with, with a, um, a grand jury. Uh, a citizen grand jury. Well, we have that problem with whomever gets selected there. And, and they may say, well, they're fine, upstanding citizens, but unless and until we know that they're, well, we do have a process. We do have a system. It was created at great cost by very... Well, and, and hold on just for a second, Scott. Not only do we have a process, they may be upstanding citizens today. Okay, it's kind of like a king. You may get a good king today, but you know what? Who's, who might overthrow that king? Who might be a bad king tomorrow? Who might, by, um, by murder and intrigue and secret combination, um, take that king out of his place? Uh, it's never good to have a king. It's never good to self-appoint. It's never good to uh, lift uh, via the few um, to, a, to advocate for control over the many. It never has validity that way. Anybody and everybody can go bad, and that's kind of what's going on here right now. But 
Number one, there is a process by which we can correct it, and it has to do with we the people, and it's well-defined in our system. But above and beyond that, everybody in office has taken an oath to uphold the Constitution. So we have that, too. See, we have the vote in the Constitution, which the founders didn't have, and we can go back and apply them. But think for a minute with me about this issue of how do we get our leadership and in every single case in the founding of this nation, it was Republican in format. Trusted representatives took the took the lead. Those guys. Now let me stop you there. When you say Republican in format, you're talking about principle, not party. Oh, absolutely. And I, I assumed you're you're. Listening. I know. I just want to make sure it's clear. A lot clear. of people don't understand that. You're absolutely right. In today's, it's this is not a party issue. This has to do with the selection of trusted representatives that are granted authority to work and operate within a certain specific set of guidelines that's, that are boundaries they can't go beyond. Okay, now you look at, at, at any, any aspect of the founding of this nation. It was always by trusted representatives. It was never by those that, that said, hey, I'm self-selecting. I'm your, your guy, okay? You look at the Declaration guys. Those guys were representatives of the states. Those states had selected those representatives based on the processes within the states. Now, let's be very clear. They did have some juries and take some actions on some local levels and things like that before the Constitution was truly codified, uh, was truly the the, the law. However, again, that was before the framework was established. Let's be very clear. Absolutely. And what usually happened, it it was in in basically riot and violence that that those things ended up in. But uh, admittedly, that has. But we we put into process, we put into place a framework that would allow us to continue to have our liberty and to have a transition of power. And we, the people, ultimately have that responsibility. Now, let's be very clear. We did that by covenant as well. Absolutely. So here's the founders at the Declaration, trusted representatives. Here's the guys that were the trusted representatives at the Constitution Convention. Here's the, how did they get there? Their states selected them. They were not democratically selected. The states who were the trusted representatives of the people selected their representatives to the Constitution Convention. How was the Constitution Convention ratified? They were by trusted representatives within the states that were selected by the various means the states did that. Those trusted representatives, it was a it was a process that had order, and this was not an authoritarian kind of thing that you and me and Kurt decided we're going to be the, the, the lead guys. You look at how Congress does its business. Yes, the people elect the House. Okay, That was only democratically elected anything in anything. But yet those trusted representatives are required by oath to keep all of their actions within the bounds of the Constitution. The states selected before the 17th Amendment, the senators who were, you know, so the trusted representatives of the people within the states, the state legislatures, selected the senators to be the representatives of the states at the national level. Trusted rep- It's Republican in every step of the way. Everybody takes an oath to uphold the Constitution. The president is selected by a special assembly of legislature that has a single purpose, and it's a mixture of both the people and the states, and we could go into that at length about why the Electoral College was such a brilliant plan, but everything and any the way we change the Constitution, our trusted representatives in the House and Senate, two-thirds majority, they select the way by which, well, they propose amendments, two-thirds of them, and then they send them to the states 
and they, three-quarters of them, have to ratify by either the legislatures ratifying it, based on the selection of how the Congress sets it out, the legislatures being the trusted representatives of the people, or a, a, some kind of convention that are trusted representatives that are selected for that process. And it's a it's, blend of getting the majority of the people for stability and safety, along with the rule of law, with its checks and balances, to make sure that nobody goes off and self-identifies and gains too much authority and power. And I submit to you that these grand juries appointed by one's selves, if you will, become turning us into a peer democracy. All they got to do is get the majority and force their will. Eventually, it will come to force is the point. Scott Bradley with us. Hang tight. The rule of law is critical and key. The checks and balances and peer application are where it's at. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Two powerful earthquakes in just a couple of days in California have a lot of people concerned that a bigger quake may be right around the corner. Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors Chairwoman Janice Hahn. But in the event of a major earthquake, what I'm worried about is that our residents in Los Angeles County are not prepared themselves. Governor Gavin Newsom is estimating over $100 million in damage from last week's quakes. He traveled yesterday to Ridgecrest, where the quakes were centered, to survey the damage there. Starbucks issuing an apology after a worker at a store in Arizona asks a group of police officers to leave the premises. The executive VP of Starbucks writing a letter to the Tempe Police Department apologizing for that July 4th incident. And this is USA Radio News. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. A Georgia deputy is dead and a suspect is hospitalized and other suspects still on the run after a Sunday night incident when a stolen vehicle led to a gunfight. Derek Booth is a spokesman for the Hall County Sheriff's Office. The agency as a whole is taking it hard as any law enforcement agency does when it loses an officer or a deputy and processing through that. But, uh, you know, no closure now with suspects still on the loose. Another Democrat may be joining 
leading the very crowded race for the party's presidential nomination. California environmentalist and hedge fund billionaire Tom Steyer has said in the past that he will not be running in 2020, but reports are that may be changing. As sources tell Politico, Steyer plans to officially launch a White House run, perhaps as early as tomorrow. A victory parade for the U.S. women's soccer team after their World Cup victory is to be held in Midtown Manhattan on Wednesday morning. And this is USA Radio News. All right, Sam Bushman here, ladies and gentlemen. Kurtz at Family Reunion. He'll be with us tomorrow on the road, Wednesday, back in studio. Meanwhile, I got Scott Bradley riding shotgun today, Dr. Scott Bradley. Uh, FreedomsRisingSun.com, his website. And we're talking about this issue where a lot of people believe these citizen grand juries are, are legitimate. And I guess I would simply say to you, don't be deceived. Their arguments are well-crafted. Okay, some say needed now a new revolution day. Um, Larry Clayman wants to, quote, rejuvenate what was created on July 4th, 1776. And I don't know what that means. Uh, I do understand the Declaration of Independence. I do understand we the people have ultimate power and authority given to us by God. Uh, I, I do realize that, that, you know what, we have the power, but it's how that power is used and what framework it's used, in my opinion, that makes it legitimate or not. Okay, do you believe in citizens' grand juries? Uh, I do not. Um, Not the kind we're talking about, because what happens is they're self-appointed. They're kingmakers, if you will. Now, don't get me wrong. You'd say, Larry claiming a kingmaker? Come on, no, not a chance, Sam. Well, he may not be, and he may be a good guy. And, And you know what? In the hands of the right people, you might say it'll be fine. The problem is you can never guarantee the right people. Who's gonna assume power? Who's gonna fill that vacuum? And the answer is the greatest force Unless we follow the rule of law and checks and balances, the greatest force on a democracy run, if you will, will assume power. And that's what you've got to guard against. So I think that the idea, uh, they mean well, but I think they misapply reality. And let me give you the example. It's the consent of the governed that's key here. You say, well, Sam, if, you know, we in our little area, if we get a bunch of people together, we consent and we, uh, you know, take a vote within our group and we, and we, you know, put this person in power, or this person in place, and then they gain more support or get endorsements from somebody else or get backings from somebody else or they steamroll somebody else. Or, and now they're legitimate, Sam, right? Wrong. And the reason why is because it's not the consent of the governed defined by the framework with its checks and balances. You say, Sam, we don't have to agree to the framework. Well, the answer is we've already agreed to the framework, and the framework is the solution. And if you're not careful, what you'll do is you'll replace a republic-style principled government, a constitutional republic. You'll replace it with a democracy. You'll start out with the few. Uh, but then the few will battle with the few will battle with the few elsewhere. And before you know it, the stronger few will win. And before you know it, the few will become the many and the many will become the majority. And then democracy takes over. And I'm telling you, this spells disaster, Scott. Well, with the state of ignorance that is currently in the United States, and it's it's a well-planned state of ignorance, whether it's through immigrants coming in that are from socialist countries or through us, the education system that uh, does a poor job of educating in proper principle, what has happened is that the majority does, at this point, select those that are going to be our rulers. And honestly, those, by and large, there are some rare exceptions, but by and large, 
those are people that are destructive of the principles this nation was founded on. Now, let me just back up a little bit. We have the organic documents, the, the Declaration and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Those things exist. They are still in full force and effect. We can return to them if ignorance doesn't prevail. But right now, people that are saying we've got to go to this revolutionary process where we're going to you know, be in the streets with Molotov cocktails and M-16s or whatever, they're going to find that the, the people that currently are in power are there because the majority of the people want them in power. The majority of the people do not understand the baseline principles. We got here's, here's the revolution I would suggest. And, and, and before you take a sound bite and say, Bradley wants revolution. No, I'll go back to a, a letter that uh, uh, John Adams wrote to Thomas Jefferson in which he, you know, reviews and he'd been asked by someone to talk about the revolution, quote unquote. And the people that asked him wanted to talk about the war and, and the obtaining freedom through war. And, and John Adams very, very wisely said, no, 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 the revolution didn't have anything to do with the war. That was kind of a, an afterthought. Oh, no, that was, a, that was just a result of the revolution. The real revolution in his mind, and he uses the words, not the words, the dates, 1760 to 1775. And it was before the Lexington and Concord, before a drop of blood was spilt there. That 15-year period, he said, that was the revolution in America. And here's why. People came to understand the principles of liberty and to love them. And this idea of self-governance and proper government and everything like that, they didn't have a pure and perfect understanding to begin with. But over a period of time, the Americans had sowed in their hearts the seeds of liberty and proper government, and it was something worth dying for. And so when seventy, and by the way, it was the black regiment, the preachers in the pulpit. Uh, I don't mean black as in race. I'm talking about the black regiment based on their robes. It was the preachers in the pulpit uh, teaching the word of God that got them there, right? There's no question. And these these uh, men of the cloth, if you will, were very much in the forefront of this movement of liberty. Now, obviously, there was all sorts of committees of correspondence and things that happened where they were sharing information back and forth between towns and cities and colonies and everything like that. But the fact of the matter is, here's what I'm suggesting. We need a period of time, and I hope it's much less than 15 years, in which the American people come again to love the principles of liberty. And we have them. They're embodied in our founding documents. And, and what they need to do is have restored that understanding to them instead of having to revolutionary. I mean, who's, who's revolution? You're going to go with Marxists or with Lenin's or with Mao's or with Ho Chi Minh's? Or, I mean, look, people. The people that are fostering the destruction of America, what's this Antifa guys? I mean, these guys are, are communists that are against fascists. Well, that's what was happening in Germany during the 1930s. I mean, and look at what happened. I mean, this World War II issue was just a gang war. It was a gang war where the gangs had obtained the power of nations. So they brought the, the most powerful mortal force on earth, government, to play so that their gang could win. We had, you know, the Nazis, the National Socialists, we had the Communists, we had De Gaulle with his crew of, of socialists, we, we had, you know, Mussolini with his, we had the guys in Japan. All of these guys were a gang, and they were looking for power. And again, I could give example after example through history where power mongers have, have used 
conflict and disruption, and we're seeing this in the nation today. And who is going to say, oh, oh, my gang's in charge, and, and again, if you self-identify, I really have their suspect. I, I suspect that what they're doing is they're trying to foster something, and I don't know what it is in every case, but I know darn good and well that the right solution already exists. And so what well, I, I think many people are proposing these solutions because they don't know where to turn. Even good people. Now, Larry Klayman is a well-known attorney. He's done a lot of good. I have a lot of respect for him and a lot of what he does. But in this case, I don't believe that he, he means ill intent. It's kind of like how they say in many societies, you know what? Give us a king. Well, you know what? A good person might stand up and be king for a while. I don't think that good person means ill if they do right by their people. The point is real wise people say, you know what? It's not good to have a king. There's a better way uh, to work with people. Uh, a constitutional republic uh, is the best way with checks and balances, with codified defined responsibilities, with the people involved jealously protecting their liberty. There is no better way. And we have that framework in place now. And anybody who advocates going out of that framework or rejecting that framework for some other plan, in my opinion, is misguided. They may be well-intended at the start, but it will run off the rails. Be sure about that. You know, we can take another example out of history. Let's look at what happened with the French Revolution, that debauchery, that bloodbath, that horrific period of time in the French period. And, and and the people got sick to death of what was happening. They were just nauseated by it. And they save us from ourselves. And Napoleon was standing there in the wings and he said, I can do that. But I have to have absolute power. I'll become your emperor and I will solve this problem. And he put draconian measures in place. And then he tromped around Europe and, and murdered millions of people there while he was expanding his empire. So the people were looking for a solution, and that's what every revolution leads to. You look at what happened with, with the Bolsheviks in, in 1917. There was turmoil there. The people were hungry. There was, there was a terrible war going on. Their, their leadership was torn. Their, their men were all being slaughtered on the battlefields of Europe, etc., etc. And the, the Bolsheviks took advantage of that and implemented a, a revolution that enslaved people for, well, it's still enslaved in so many ways, but at least for 80 years. But that's what happens. Out of turmoil, they expect to bring their power play. Now, again, you, you're talking hopefully about good people that have a lot of desire to do right. But most Americans, in fact, just moments ago, uh, Sam, you brought up the fact that when I said Republican, uh, it had to be, you, you clarified, and rightly so, because so many Americans don't know that that term is not what the what the party is. Well, let's talk about regressive grievances in a minute. That's an even more deep subject that will destroy this nation if we allow it to. And Ladies and gentlemen, we got to be highly educated in terms of how to run a constitutional republic in the traditions of our founding fathers. But then we got to get on our knees and repent and turn to God for guidance or we'll never get it done. But with God, I submit all things are possible. 
So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Talk Right, the conservative app offered by TalkStream Live that caters exclusively to the conservative talk radio community. Here you'll see only talk shows and podcasts from the conservative right, all the big broadcast names and online digital shows in one place. Talk Right makes it easy to find all your favorite conservative talkers with all the upscale features you come to expect from TalkStream Live. Keep up with the fast-paced political world. Download Talk Right today from Google Play or the App Store. Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets? Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It ain't going to happen by a friend of Medjugorje. Whether you are poor, middle class, or rich, it ain't going to happen. A book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It ain't going to happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled N-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S., 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000. Ladies and gentlemen, you were on a roll. You were talking about well, what happens uh, as we pursue this, uh, in my opinion, misguided course. Well, you know, that, let, let's just take an example from history. You know, you know me, I just always look back at those things. If you can't learn from history, you're going to repeat the problem. So let's look at the Franco-Prussian War just very briefly. This was early in the 1870s. And out of that came a uh, a group called the Paris Commune. The Paris Commune was was just basically a bunch of communists that took over leadership in Paris. Uh, they had people from all over the world that thought they had the better idea. They're kind of like the millennials of their day, you know. They were the people that thought their ideas were better than the, well, our millennials today think their ideas are better than the founding fathers, and that's where a lot of this nonsense is coming from. But what happened was the Paris Commune came to power in Paris, and they only ruled for like three months. They made a disaster of the system. They had no idea how to govern. There was complete chaos going on in Paris there. And when they finally, they knew they were going to be thrown out, they ended up retreating, and they murdered about 30,000 people in the process and burned priceless artwork and everything in the streets. They just, they were a debauched bunch of slovenly Antithes, Faza, what, what do they call those guys now that are right in the streets? Anyway, you get the idea. <laughs> so, so anyway... I call them criminals, by the way, sir. Absolutely, and that's what was happening in Paris. But they were self-appointed, they had a better idea, and they came out of the chaos of the Franco-Prussian War, and they took position 
in government, and they made a mess of it. I can give examples all day long. Well, so here we have a, a bunch of people that are saying we're going to overthrow what we've got, and we're going to replace it with something better. And the problem is the people that are in the majority right now simply do not understand the thing we've got is the better. And we have simply turned our backs on it. And and they do things like, well, and, and I mentioned before the break, this idea of, uh, uh, of of somehow this retribution thing, this idea of redress of grievances. And that's a, a, ta- a subject that comes out of the, um, it, it was the Magna Carta. It was point sixty one of the Magna Carta. And in that the, the barons said to the king, We if if we bring a problem to you and you don't fix it, we get to do anything including burn down the castle except for hurt the king and his queen and his children. We can do anything we want. Once we've told you we got a problem and you haven't fixed it, we're gonna burn the place down if we have to. Well that's uh, that's in the Magna Carta. Now of course the Founding Fathers knew about the Magna Carta. The Founding Fathers knew about Montesquieu and Blackstone and, and Block and everything. They had these these principles behind them. They did not embrace everything Montesquieu said. Montesquieu was a, a monarchist. They loved a lot of the things he said about separation of power and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm trying to say is that because something was in the vernacular of the Founding Fathers era does not mean it got incorporated into our form of government. The well, and, and, the, and the way you know oftentimes when something's legitimate or not, when you take a grain of something, it often is true and good and right. Some democratic principles have value. That's why democratic principles are part, a small part, but part of our republic. Okay, there's a lot of good things, but when those things are taken to extreme is when it runs off the rails. That's indeed true. But the founding fathers had that scale they could weigh those things in. And so what they did is they chose the things under the inspiration of God. And and honestly, we can go back and we can review their writings where they said they felt the hand of God, the finger of God, the influence of God. They used different terminologies sometimes, providence and so on. But but they they took the principles that were out there, and they said, this is a good one. We're incorporating this, and this is a great Oh, we love, oh, no, we don't want that one. They rejected it. And they even said, this is a great one, but it's got to be tempered, and here's how we will check and balance, temper it, etc. Absolutely. And so they didn't take Montesquieu's monarchy, because, you know, Montesquieu was French, and you had to be a monarchist there, or else you maybe lost your head. But the fact of the matter is, he had some great ideas. So these things were were brought together under the wisdom of God, and and they were ratified by the voice of the people through trusted representatives. We agreed to be governed by these, and we uh, and the founding fathers had the wisdom to put into the document that everybody had to have an oath to uphold that. Now, again, the national government is not all-powerful. It's not a—and we could go to Federalist Paper 39 and look at this thing. It's not a national government. It's not a federal government. It's a mixture. It is supreme in some areas, but the states retained their supremacy in other areas, and they're confederated with that through their— through the uh, federal aspect of it. And this was such a delicate and wonderful and amazing balance. But what's happened is we've gotten people that are in power, but put there by people that don't understand. I mean, an ignorant vote is probably more scary than a 
uh, a vote that's done even in belligerence. And, and, and so this idea of get the vote out, this I, I think it's so dangerous for people to say, oh, everybody's got to go vote. Well, what do we vote for? I don't know. We've always voted Republican. So let's all vote Republican. Well, look who we got in the state of Utah. Holy cow. Well, well that's the problem, is the people are not principles-based. And so we put other people in power now that have thoroughly fouled up this magnificent process of liberty and and those are the people that would again retain power because they are the, oh who did I vote well I voted for somebody I read his name didn't he serve last term oh he had the biggest advertising campaign whatever it's well amazing. and we and we then you throw around words that people don't even understand the definition of the president's running around saying we got to protect our democracy he has no clue what he's talking about. We have a constitutional republic, and to suggest we have a democracy, well, what backs a democracy? The answer is socialism. So now you got all these Democratic candidates running around saying, well, I'm not a Nazi. I'm not a nationalist socialist. Rather, um, I'm a principle-based socialist. I'm a, I'm a soft socialist. Or I'm a, okay, but, and then you got to ask the question that Dennis Prager asks. He has a new video out. The headlines this point, and I want to end on this topic because I think it completely relates. Here's the question for the video. Dennis Prager, was Jesus a socialist? Well, Dennis Prager highlights, obviously, the answer is clearly no. But but you know what? When you uh, don't understand Jesus Christ and his mission, when you don't understand the republic and the constitutional mission that our founding fathers set forward, and you just pop this word democ- democracy or socialist in the middle of it, you know what? You can run off the rails and believe that Jesus was a socialist, but you're being lied to. You're being fed propaganda bite by bite until you swallowed the whole dishonest mess. What what really happens is they co-opt the lexicon, the, the vernacular, the speak, the language. And, and uh, the founding fathers were absolutely a constitutional republic. They were not a democratic republican. They, in fact, we can prove unequivocally of George Washington's and Thomas Jefferson's absolute opposition to this and how they squashed those kinds of talks. They, but they've, over time, they've said that's what they were. The idea of what a democracy is is what they say, well, it's kind of close to a republic, so it must be. Everything they capture, look at classical liberalism. Now you say you're a liberal. Well, that's, in, in many circles, that's like saying you're a dirtbag. But classical liberalism was truly for liberty. But with they, they co-opt and, and capture the language. And so that's why I hate uh, this idea of throwing out a one-word definition that everybody, oh, yeah, I understand what they're talking about. No, what we need to go back is to the baseline principles. We need to apply those principles. And by application of those principles, we will restore this magnificent cause of liberty and proper government that we were bequeathed at such great cost. And and those that are seeking to do these other methodologies, ultimately, even if they are of good purpose, even if they're noble in their deal, they will be co-opted. I guarantee if somebody calls a CONCON, a Constitution Convention, and they, they have the highest of everything in, in their hearts, it will be co-opted by those that currently seek to foster whatever form of socialism. Any kind of socialism is bad. And, and by the way, when you talk about socialism, it all comes down to compulsion, compulsion, force. The Savior is based upon love, free will offerings. He offered whatever he offered, not because he was compelled to by government or some other source out there. Not even by his father. Love, Not even by his father. He gave 
what he gave in the Garden of Gethsemane because he loved his Father and he loved us. Well, that's the difference. If a government is based upon compulsion, a forced redistribution of wealth, taking your property, bringing people to— And don't uh, fall for the lie that we're really soft socialists, because eventually hard communism will replace it. Any kind of socialism. Communism is socialism. It's just a virulent, violent kind. Democratic socialism is, is socialism and will ultimately lead to communism. You know, Fabian socialism, De Gaulle's form of socialism, I mean, whether it was Mussolini's or Hitler's or, or Stalin's, it's all bad. And, and Americans today are so ignorant about these things that the millennials, I mentioned them earlier, in fact, somebody said the other day, we... What do you think about millennials? And somebody said, we hate them. It's because their arrogance and, and lack of knowledge and understanding their self-centeredness. Well, that's what happens if you've raised a group of people without understanding principle. They become unprincipled. And and we'll lose this grand and glorious blessing of liberty if we follow the path that even well-meaning and intended people want. They want to write another constitution. Who's going to write it? The guys that currently are in power. How did we get to the mess we're in? The guys that are currently in power. What about these, uh, you know, citizen grand juries? Well, if you and I and Sam appointed ourselves, and, and we've gone through that scenario, it ultimately has to be done by force, and those that are in power will exercise that force. That's how, whether it was Napoleon or Stalin or Lenin or, or the Paris Commune or whoever came into power, it was out of the conflict, the confusion the disarray that they brought about. We need to restore the foundation that really works. And uh, and we need to use the checks and balances for restoration. No question. It was so delicately woven together, inextricably, and yet so finely. And we, we're fouling it up all the time. You know? And it was based on the principles that were taught by the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ himself. Ladies and gentlemen, we celebrate the resurrected Christ. The Christ that lives and the Christ that invites us all to follow him. And if we obey his principles, starting with the Ten Commandments as our guide, we shall have peace. He shall heal our land. Uh, we will be a blessed people. We will uh, fundamentally learn and gain an understanding of the principles of liberty. And we will understand through self-government through teaching our families the fundamental unit of society to do the same. We will have the opportunity to make sure that our children are taught in the principles of freedom and in, in, in the ways of eventual eternal life. But these are things that you cannot separate. You cannot separate God from the mix. And you cannot separate the greatest country on the face of the earth from the principles that made it great. If you do, you will rue the day. You will regret it. If we repent and turn to our God and turn to the supreme law of our land and turn to these principles and teach those around us to do the same, we have an opportunity for peace and success. The only question left is what will we do to preserve as much liberty as we possibly can until the Savior Jesus Christ returns? Final words here, Scott. you got 10 seconds. There is a moral basis of liberty, and we've got to return to that, and it's outlined in our founding documents. Let's go back to them. Amen, sir. All right. Um, your website? Freedom's Rising Sun. Freedom'sRisingSun.com, ladies and gentlemen. The webinars are there, Q&As and more. It's all constitutional from Dr. Scott Bradley. Thank you, sir. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.